Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a wonderful day to you. It is December 19th of 2023, whenever you hear this. This is the Questions About Heaven podcast. I'm going to thank you for joining me here, and as I'm moving my stuff around, and I've got the tape all ready to go here, and uh, I've got wrapping paper here. Whenever I finish recording here, I'm going to be doing some more wrapping. I do about two or three presents a day going down through the family of the grandkids and all the other ones coming in here. And so uh, we're looking forward to a joyous time. And I hope that even in the time that we have right now, that this will be a joyful time in thanking the Lord for the wonderful promises that we've been discussing and studying on the Christmas countdown as to Christ's coming on earth. Now, I'm going to move very, very far in the other direction in talking about this. Not so much the entrance of God in the flesh on the earth, but what will happen in the exit of this present earth and us moving into the new heaven and the new earth. We're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 3. And as I take a look at it, I want to read this to you in the legacy translation here. Let you take a look at it and see what it's talking about. And this end times of present heaven and the present earth are going to change. So I want you to see this here. When we read about this, it's talking about, well, let's go down. The Bible's talking about, let, let, let's go to, oh, let's start in verse 8. There are mockers there. There are, there are scoffers there saying, what's well, taken a long time for Jesus to make his judgment? And, the, and we've talked about this so many times. Verse 8, well, well, you're trying to equate earthly time to all this. And heavenly time is totally different. Verse 8, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some consider slowness, but is patient towards you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And this is talking about his delay here. But, here we go. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. In other words, nobody's going to be able to predict it. In which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be found out. The heavens will pass away with a loud noise, a roar. The elements be destroyed with an intense heat. Verse 11, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? And that is a statement, not a question. What sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? And I think about this when we were uh, looking at this earlier. We were uh, taking a look and comparing these things in the commentaries that we were looking at when it's using this phrase, what kind of people ought you to be? When we're looking at these promises, it's not asking you, can I just tell you what you should be? Can we discuss this? No, it's telling you very definitely, this is a statement here. What sort of people ought you to be? And when I see this, I think of this. Matthew chapter 8, verse 27. On the boat, when Jesus calms the storm, they use the same word. The Greek word's potipus. The men were amazed and said, what kind of a man is this? 
Even the winds and the sea obey him. It's saying, Potipus is what kind, you know, uh, this is established as being something that ought to be given attention to. Potipus, for our gospel did not come to you, 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Think about this. And uh, when we are using this very same term, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. What kind, all right, when we see this, what kind of people ought you to be? When we go into this, let's take a look at the Greek word. Potipus is the, is the exact word here. When we see this, this term really has a great depth for your consideration here. It means like what possible sort of person could you be? What manner of person could should you be? Uh, one of the references is like from what region are you? In other words, like who are you? Who should you be in this? When we are talking about Christians that become obsessive with this world, is that the manner in which people would be able to see the eternity you know, what kind of a person, what region? Are you a person that is uh, showing heaven? Or are you content with the things of the world? What manner of person? What, let's put it this way, allegorically, or maybe if I can use a figure term, what region do you from? Are you of the heavenly thinking or are you of the earthly thinking? What kind of people, knowing all of these things that are going on? This is an important, important uh, uh, teaching here when we see this. What manner of people should we be? So what happens? We are looking at this because it's telling us very clearly here that there's going to be a change. A day, the day of the Lord will come like a thief and the heavens will pass away with a roar. Let's take a look. And when we go down here, take a look in this particular verse and as it is telling us what is going to happen here, we see that the dissolving, this word, this is going to be a separation from the old order of things and presenting into the new. Now, when we see this, it's like the mass restoration uh, explanation that Jesus has in Matthew chapter 19. At the restoration of all things, the heavens will be dissolved in this. Isaiah 65 and verse 17 tells us, for behold, God says, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former shall not be remembered or come to mind. In other words, the, the, the opulence and the greatness of the former world. It's going to be gone. This will be a new earth in which righteousness dwells. I saw a new heaven and new earth, Revelation 21.1. And the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. When we take a look here, we see some very, very curious words here in this. In this passage, it says that the heavens will pass, will move away, and they will be dissolved with a loud noise. The heavens on a fire, the coming of the day of the Lord. It gives us a very curious word whenever it tells us in verse 10 that this will be a loud noise whenever the day of the Lord comes. 
Verse 10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great loud noise. And I find this fascinating when we look at this because this word roar, this loud noise in one translation, it's roizadon. It's from roizeo, and it literally means to make a whistling noise, a, a, a zipping, a whizzing noise. It's, it's like an onomatopoeia, roizadon. And from this, when we look back and I was studying some different uh, Bible scholars that were doing research, they had mentioned that outside of the Bible, the poet Homer used this in a battle scene, used this very term to talk about an arrow that was going in flight and just went by a soldier's head. It's a swift and deadly movement. It could be, oh, we think of uh, in different writings, those that were talking about maybe a flood floodwaters that were moving. I think that, uh, if I can remember right, that there was mention of that by some of the writers of those ages, uh, a roaring of floodwaters, which are destructive, uh, mighty, loud, and destructive there. I think that one was actually writing, I think it was a poet, I cannot remember exactly, but if I'm not uh, mistaken, a poet was actually describing a firestorm that was ripping along through the woods, and the absolute roar of the fire eating away at the tree line, loud, quick, and destructive, moving faster than could be contained too. And when we see this, this is giving you an idea of how quickly it's going. The universe will pass away with this, the consuming of all of this universe by these flames is talking about Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. I saw a great white throne, this is the judgment time, and God here, him who sat upon it, but listen to this, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, no place was found for them. And so we're seeing this, this judgment's going to be quick, it's going to be monstrous, and in this time, it's going to take everything in its path, it's going to be destructive. And so our question is, in this, well, what manner of people ought we to be? So I'm asking you, we've talked about heaven all of these uh, months, years, really, in the different social media that I presented. What has it done for you? What manner of person do you know you should be? Are you sharing this with others? More than just pointing them to the site or pointing out notes, but is your conviction to talk to other people so that they may escape this judgment, that they might find salvation? What manner of person are you? When we come to Christmas time, what manner of person? From what region? Is it just secular gift giving? Uh, blowing up the credit card? Or is it within the enjoyable times that we have that you're also pointing people to look at the Messiah coming, to give them the prophecies that, are, that, that we'd mentioned earlier, and even talking to them even beyond the prophecies about the coming of the Messiah in the manger, but also the suffering Messiah, the, the salvation Messiah, the promises of the Messiah. John chapter 14, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Believer, if you are ready, then when I am ready, I'm going to come get you to take me that where I am, you may be also. It's my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you. Do you tell people about this? How often do you talk about Christ? How often do you share these truths? And we're looking at the cataclysmic end 
of the existence of mankind, 2 Peter chapter 3, which will then unfold the new renovated earth. And the heavens will now be a firmament. God will no longer have his abode there. He'll be on the earth with us, Revelation 21.3. He will dwell with us. He will abide with us. It says he will tabernacle with us. It's really like tenting with us, putting us within his abode as the nomadic tribes would have tents and then bring someone in to be with them out of the sandstorms of the time into safety and in hospitality. That kind of gives you the idea of what the Lord is saying there so that the readers and the listeners of that day would understand. So what kind of people are we in knowing all these things? Is the, is the teaching that we look at in heaven just uh, interesting, titillating, uh, just maybe enjoyable? I had uh, on social media this morning, someone had interjected their comments into uh, the conversation and they were off on a doctrinal point and I went to correct them and they, and they sent me back and they said, no, you don't understand. I have been ordained, them talking, they said they had been ordained four times. And they said, no offense, but I know what I'm talking about, they told me. Well, it, it, it got me curious. And so I went to their site within that social media and they had posted a series of videos from their home. You know, just homey ones, just different things. And I thought, well, I'll learn a little bit about them. But this ordained four times has got me curious. When I went to their site, uh, I, am a, I am sad to say that fully one quarter of the postings that I saw had deep profanity, obscene talk, uh, things I could, there's no way I could report it, even one that even bordered on pornography. And I went back to them and I said, you're telling me in some way you are ordained four times and you are claiming you have knowledge. But I want to ask you, in your testimony that is clearly open to thousands of people, on this social medium, you have filthy language. Well, you can imagine what most people do, and they did. Well, who are you to judge, Brad? What what are you judging? And I was trying to tell them, you know, you are a testimony here. You're claiming to have, but it seems like it's just head knowledge here on this. But where's the heart? What kind of people are we if we just say we are just gifted in racking up this to rote memory, but it doesn't change our life? So I want to ask you, as we talk about the Christmas Advent, the countdown story about this Christ. Is this something we share? Does this change our behavior? Does it change our life? Are we sharing with anybody over a coffee or if we're working alongside somebody and they might know from what we do as, as well as what we say, what are we doing? What manner of people are you? That's what it says in Second Peter. In knowing that the end of this existence will go away and the entrance to a new existence, new earth, will be real. And it does say all the former things have passed away. And with all of those things, are we letting people see this? Are we giving them the telescopic view of eternity here through the scriptures and yet the microscopic reality that they have sin and that they must deal with it and then giving them the, the, the wonderful invitation that Jesus says, oh, I can take care of that. Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And he will take those sins. And in doing so, as he took them to the cross, Romans 6.10, he was the sacrifice them sent. We follow him, John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. We follow him. 
not just grab this as if it's some coupon and then use it and move on with our life. We have come into the family of God. And with that, the Lord says, I will separate your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103, verse 12. What kind of people are we? Do we share these truths? Do we celebrate the Lord in our daily walk? That was really worship. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do all to the glory of God. That's worship. You worship the Lord in your conversations and in your joking and in your fun and your gift giving and uh, your singing and uh, going around. And you notice I didn't mention any, any church time. That also comes in there. But in these things, in your telephone calls and what you are on, on the computer, and all these things, we are actually worshiping God because others will see. We respect him, we honor him, we talk about him, we're comfortable with him. As a matter of fact, we're obsessed with him. What kind of people are we? Something to think about. Listen, I appreciate so very much we had this time to chat, and I hope that these things might help you. Second Peter chapter 3 gives us that cataclysmic chapter passage on the existing heavens and earth will dissolve. The presentation of the new world, we look forward to it. We are planning for it. We are in love with the very idea of it and in love with the one who creates it. We are thankful to God the Father for all these things. Let's have a good time of prayer of thanks with the Lord. Thank you so much for being with me today. Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Until then, God bless you and take care. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.